0: Explode and bring the day to life. I love so long to see a revolution somehow. Welcome to Holy Prophets Radio, a business show that applies God's word to your work. Discussing business basics ranging from starting your own company to complex human resource challenges. Check out our complete schedule, archived shows, helpful downloads, and much more at holyprophetsradio.com. Now, get ready to be part of the revolution by applying biblical truths to your work with Holy Prophets Radio, hosted by me, Bradley Waldrop. And this world... Well, good morning and welcome to the show. We are uh, here at this this week's show, which is, uh, I'm working on very little sleep. We're sleep deprived here today because I was in Atlanta last night and I got in at about 2 o'clock this morning. So only about 3 hours of sleep, but wow, am I excited about what happened yesterday. I have never participated in anything on the TV before. However, yesterday I got a chance to work with the folks over at Atlanta Live on Channel 57. The, the interview that I did with them will re-air on Monday morning at 7 o'clock. If you're at all interested in viewing it as it's streaming on their website, you can actually go to watc.tv and go ahead and view that online. As soon as I get the electronic copy of that interview, I'm going to be posting that on Facebook. I'll post it on our website at holyprophetsradio.com. I will post it in the uh, on our YouTube channel as well, so you get a chance to take a look at it. And I was really blessed by the experience. I've never been part of anything like that. This is a total God story for me, because uh, a year ago, I was a recovering civil engineer in the corporate world. Never met I would be on the radio, let alone on television, and in the w- period of a year, I've had a chance to do both. What's a- also amazing about this is that we are truly international. We ha- have now listeners in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, in Kuala Lumpur, and in Great Britain. Uh, that is, is a story in, in and of itself. And if you know individuals who are out there uh, of, that are linked to Facebook or your own website that thought, that think or you think that they could have uh, some benefit from this particular show, I would highly recommend you just send them right to our Facebook page, have them like us, and then get our uh, continued updates there, or go to our web page. The Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash holyprophets. The website is holyprophetsradio.com. It's amazing what, what God is really doing with this show and it is His show. I don't I, I wake up on, on a weekly basis trying to figure out what to put together for this show. And He delivers a message that is both a blessing to me and hopefully a blessing to the rest of you. This week, we're going to talk about uh, public worship in and by the business. But last week, we talked about silence building complacency. If for some reason you missed that, you can get online and get a, a version of that. It's not quite been posted yet. I'm running a little bit behind, a little, <laughs> little distracted all this week. And I will get both of those, uh, both the last week's show and this week's show up for everyone to be able to hear uh, before Monday of this week. But this this show today is about public worship in and by the business. And what's so interesting about this for me is I grew up, uh, you know, a Lutheran kid, and uh, for those of you who know me, that means that I went to church religiously on Sunday. I participated in Uh, the youth group I participated in confirmation I went and I stood up and participated in singing hymns like a lot of us did and I thought that that was worship I thought that what I was doing in singing was worship Well, what's interesting to me is that I have found something completely and totally different in my life and I've had a chance to look at that a little bit today to apply it to business But I do know that from from a business standpoint, that's hard to do. It's really hard to kind of stay focused on what worship is all about. And and let me give you kind of a good example of what I mean by that. When When I was in the corporate world, I participated in a very large engineering firm. We were doing engineering and environmental design. We were also doing some construction management. And what was really peculiar about it was that when someone made partner in the organization, all of a sudden there was this very strange ritual that we went through. We actually, we actually encouraged individuals to go and buy very expensive things. One of those expensive things was a Porsche. It was really strange, but it was like a rite of passage. You made partner, go get a Porsche. And within the next year, it, you were almost expected to own a Rolex. It was really strange. And I think that what what I mean by that is that we were really worshiping the stuff. We were showing that we were thankful for our new role, our new position, our new responsibility. And we were caught up in the same greed and idolatry that... Uh, the biblical characters were caught up in. And it was not a good way to provide worship back to God. It was a great way to provide worship to ourselves and worship to our stuff. And that's why I think that it's such a struggle today to have individuals in business get through this worship concept. And let me give you an example of where we're going to go with this. We're going to be in Psalms today. And Psalms is nothing more than a book... uh, of poems however in the book of poems we do find that the psalms are really a a series or a collection of details of the natural or the national history of the jewish people they are records of particular portions of the life and experiences of individuals and there are predictions of future events Lots of lots of different writings in there from different people. However, there is a kind of a, a general theme to a lot of the psalms, and a lot of the psalms, and they are poems in praise and poems in worship. So, what I thought I would do is just take a real quick look at Psalm eighteen, Psalm eight, and, and only a couple of verses in Psalm eighteen. Psalm eighteen is this psalm by David. And he is, he's written this poem about how grateful he is to have been delivered by God from his enemies. And Kind of how I apply that to business is that when we walk into work every day, we're we are trying to do our absolute best to take good care of the customer. We know that we're going to have enemies along the way, unfortunately, uh, and and I know that God is there to deliver us as long as our our will or we are within His will and our heart is right with Him. But this actual psalm gives us almost a formula of how this thing works. What I wanted to say was that in verses 46 through 49, without reading them, is kind of seven main principles come out of that. And that is that God is alive. God is real. God has a very active part in our life. He's a rock. And what's so interesting about this Parallel to a rock, and this description of a rock for me is that a lot, you know I always hear the parallel to say, "Hey, look, we're building on a solid foundation," and I agree with you. I think that that's that is a really great uh, illustration. For me, it has to do with an anchor as well. If I if I don't want to be blown away in the wind, if I don't want to be totally distracted, I need to anchor myself to the rock. I, it, it's like it's like a rock climber going up and and drilling into the rock to. To keep himself safe, although he is putting himself at risk by climbing the rock, he reduces his risk by anchoring to solid rock. Right? He, he drills in, puts his rope in there, and and uh, is is well founded with with the rock. So, if we get wind, if we get distractions, if we get lots of different things, if some some part of the rock gives way, we will be tethered to the solidness of of that uh, of the rock. And what I wanted to, to uh, to just sort of leave you with is that not only does it is it a firm foundation but it is one of those things that you can be anchored to and and God is that. He's an avenger. If you think about what God has done for you and what God has done for the rest of us, God is an avenger and and I view this sort of as the I don't know the superheroes avengers, you know, they come in and they provide justice to those that are evil. And God avenges the evil, and God avenges uh, those evil things that are in our lives. So, He is an avenger. He's a subduer in that He puts people in their place. And it's not a negative thing. He puts people in the right place at the right time. He has power over all of us, and He has power over all of His creation. So, He's a subduer. He's a deliverer. He delivers us... From temptation, he delivers us from threats, he delivers us from risk, as long as we stay close to him. And he's an encourager. There's nothing quite like the encouragement that comes from a father who's willing to put his son to death to pay for the sins that we have so that we can have a right relationship with him. So he is an encourager. That is such a huge encouragement in, in all of that to know that we are so broken and yet he's willing to pay this huge price for us. And lastly, he's a rescuer. As we're in trouble, he is a rescuer. He does provide us that safety net that we need in order to... Uh, get on with our lives. Does it mean that once you become a Christian, life is easy? No, absolutely not. And I think that if you look at what Paul has to say, Paul has to say that it gets even harder. But you can be safe and be protected with God in your life. So he's alive, he's a rock, he's an avenger, he's a subduer, he's a deliverer, he's an encourager, and he's a rescuer. All of that come from the last three verses in that, uh, in that piece, uh, Psalm 18, uh, 46 through 49. What's so interesting about that is when we really understand that, we want to be thankful for it. When someone does something really nice to you, or for you, you tend to go out of your way to say thanks. Well, that's really what worship is. It's when worship is when the condition of the heart overcomes your actions. It's when the love that you receive is so strong that it manifests itself in what you do. So I know this is sort of um, kind of off-putting for some folks, but your worship leader at church is simply a, a worship leader trying to facilitate this ability for you to show your appreciation. Are you a good singer? I don't know. I'm a horrible singer. I know that I, on Facebook this week I posted whether or not I was going to sing on, this, on the show. And the answer is absolutely not. But it's, not, it's absolutely not because I understand what my limitation is. And I don't want to subject you to the pain and agony of everything off-key. I can't take, carry a tune in a bucket. However, what I would like to say is that I think that there are actions on a daily basis that I participate in that are part of my own worship. And what I'd like to do is after we come back from the break, discuss what you can do in your business to provide this worship on a very practical level. That does not mean singing and dancing in the aisles, hey, unless you want to, but you don't have to. And and I think that there are very, very real things that you can do on a daily basis that will not only provide this worship, but build into your business. So when we get back from the break, we'll take a look at that. Thanks for joining us. Bye. God's not dead, He's surely alive. He's living on the inside. Holy like in Holy Prophets Radio. I appreciate you joining us. Before the break, you know it's kind of funny the engineer Mike and I are sitting here chatting during the break and uh, I'm blessed to hear that that maybe something I said spurred a, an interesting thought in his own head and I would love to hear the story of that after we get off the air. I'll I'll get that story, I'm sure, and maybe I'll even throw throw it in the show notes. We'll have to see but uh, hey you know we were talking a little bit about worship and what that really means—it's hard to worship at work, and or at least it would appear to be hard to worship at work. What we can do is we could sing and dance in the hallways, sure, no problem. We could put on Christian music at work, and everybody could kind of hum along. But that particular ritual—if it doesn't come from the heart—it doesn't really mean much. So what can we do? And I, what I did was I sort of boiled it down into three things: it's respect, invest, and direct. I don't know where that came from, but here we go. Invest or respect. Invest and direct. And let's talk a little bit about those pieces at work, right? If we're talking about our own employees, we want to be able to respect them. And what we're what we're really trying to do is show the love of God. Uh, that God has given to us and recognizing that God has also gifted us employees, He's gifted us employees that have the right skills necessary to get our mission done. What's so fantastic about that is that if we really understand God's heart in all of that, if we really understand God's favor in that, we're going to be willing to sort of jump up and down. And as we jump up and down... If we provide respect back to the employees that God has given us, it, it becomes an act of worship. Well, What does that really mean? right? It means that we get a chance to participate in fair pay for fair work. There are lots of different companies out there who are struggling right now trying to understand whether or not they're paying fairly. There are also companies out there who are paying under the market because they're trying to cut corners. They're trying to uh, do a better job of the bottom line. And what I'm here to say is that if we really uh, respect the employees, we're going to pay market level. And that also means that we're going to pay attention to bringing in employees that are at the right market level, not over the market level, not under the market level, but at the market level so that... We're meeting the needs of our customers and we're paying fairly for fair work. It also means equipping our employees for success. That means that they have the right tools, they have the right team around them, and it's incumbent upon us to be respectful of the gifts that were given to the team by God in this particular individual. One of the ways that we can do that is we can provide training back to them. We can... um, can get them into a team where they really do resonate with the others there, and they are fully contributing to the organization. And la- lastly in there, we can also recognize them uh, them daily for the contributions they make to the mission. What's so interesting to me is to watch employers have employees come in, they do their work, and they leave, and not once do they does anybody say, thank you, I appreciate what you did for us today. What I would suggest is that just by simply saying thank you, we are recognizing that God has delivered these individuals to perform a service for us. And by thanking them, we're really providing worship back to God so we have respect we have investing that's training in my view for employees it's also becoming emotionally invested in their success and figuring out how to be their friend i know there are so many individuals out there lots of supervisors who who want to believe that it's not the right thing to do to have a personal relationship with your employees. And what I'd like to say is that if you don't have a personal relationship with your employees, they're simply numbers, they're not people anymore. And those people are really important. They have lives outside of work that need to be understood can the life outside of work be distracting at work? Absolutely. If we know what their life looks like outside of work, we can work through the difficulties of the other things that are happening. Does it, does it mean that we should just simply ignore the distraction? No. We need to deal with the distraction. But they have a life. They're real people. They have a family. They have interests. Get to know who they are. And as you know who they are, they're going to be more committed to working with you. And then the last is direct, right? So we talked about employees' respect, invest, and direct. And when we do that, what we see is that the direction portion is provide a coaching and mentoring program for your employees. There's a difference in my mind between coaching and mentoring. Coaching is that daily do and don't. Do this, don't do that. Here is a modeled behavior, right? Here is how to get it done right. Don't do this, do that. That's coaching. That's that one-on-one personal correction of judgment. It's correction of action. It's refining their skills and their character traits to a point that they are super effective for your organization. And mentoring is this bigger picture. It's sort of one supervisor removed. Where are they going in their career? It's sort of the grandfatherly figure in the organization to help them out. Are they struggling with making a decision to go down two different paths at work? Do they want a technical path? Do they want a managerial path? They can't really weigh in on that without the experience. So if you provide a mentoring program to them, it doesn't cost you a whole lot, but it really does build into them and give them the wisdom they need in order to behave differently, make the right choices, and benefit from the wisdom that you have in the organization. So employees respect, invest, and direct. The same is true on the reverse. For those who are working in the organization, we need to be able to respect, invest, and direct into our supervisors. And that respect is fair work for the fair pay. That is showing up on time. That is being respectful of the rules. That is acknowledging them as a leader that God placed in your organization, and it's time for you to be obedient as long as it's ethical be obedient to what they ask you to do. It also means that we reach out and ask for a personal relationship with our supervisors and that and show that same personal investment. It's about being, and on the investment side, it's about being emotionally invested and time invested. Be fully engaged at work. Participate in what your mission and, and, and vision is. Participate in what you've been called to do at the office emotionally be invested, understand what the mission of the organization is, what the vision is, and either resonate with the core values or find some other place to work. And what I mean by that is that if we can't be emotionally invested with the set of core values that the organization has, we're not doing the organization any good, and we're going to be living in stress and strife. Therefore, find an opportunity to relieve yourself of that kind of burden if you need to. If not, then get on board and move in the right direction. With our vendors, we want to make sure that we're respecting, investing, and directing. And when when I talk about vendors, I'm talking about those people who help you deliver the goods and services that you have every week or every day. The, those individuals actually help your machine move. If we don't respect them we're going to have problems delivering to our own customers and so what those respects mean is that what that respect means to me and maybe it it sort of, sort of translates to your own business is to communicate clearly what you need to your vendors Com- clearly communicate when you need it and how it should be delivered if you respect your your vendor you are trying to provide a path for their own success and by By communicating clearly what your expectations are, they can provide feedback whether they can meet that or not. Sometimes they can't, and now you're in a negotiation. Sometimes they can, and everything is successful. And most of the time, there is some sort of give and take necessary to make all of that happen. So make sure that you communicate early, clearly, what you need, when you need it, and how it should be delivered. And then provide some grace along the way when it doesn't go as you expect it to go. There are individuals who are trying to deliver to you. They are as screwed up as you are, as I am. We're going to make mistakes along the way. If we don't provide grace to others, then what it means to me is that we don't really understand what grace has been provided to us. And so uh, work with them to get it right. And then pay them promptly, pay them fairly, and know them personally. When we when we try to cheat our vendors out of what they are due, we are not providing them the respect that they need in order for uh, them to be in this personal relationship with us. Invest in them. Find another customer for them. Figure out a way for them to succeed outside of your own business. There may be your own competitor out there. There may be someone you're partnered with. There may be a friend that you have. That needs their services or their product share it with them let them know where they can be successful invest in them and what will happen is they will then in turn be able to invest more in you if you're investing in them and providing them more work they're going to be around longer they're going to give you a chance to provide better services to your own customers and then when you direct them, you know, get to know them personally and share the mistakes you've made along the way in a very uh, non-intrusive way so that they can learn from your own mistakes and prov- be benefited or be blessed by your, mis- your wisdom, the mistakes that came out of, or the, the knowledge that comes out of your own mistakes. And then your customers are the last ones. Respect, invest, and direct your customers. And what I mean by that is You know, most of us maybe don't even realize that without the customer we don't have a business. When they come in and they provide money in exchange for the goods and services we give, it's okay and beneficial to say thank you. It's also okay and beneficial to provide a fair value for the services and products that you're selling. There are a lot of people in business right now trying to figure out how to get more margin. Getting more margin is okay. It's good. It's also best if you're providing the value necessary for individuals to pay the extra money. If you're increasing the perception without providing true value, you're doing something wrong. So respect your customer, help them solve their problems. Oftentimes they come to you because you're the expert. Well, if you're the expert, then you should be able to provide them feedback on what they need and what they don't need. Nothing more, nothing less. Oftentimes, that means educating them, letting them know what they need to do in order for them to succeed. That is providing respect back to your customer. That is taking good care of your customer so that they're going to take good care of you in the long run. Invest in them. You know, as you get to know them... Work to understand how to improve their lives outside of the transaction. Most businesses only pay attention to the goods and services that they provide to their particular customer. If you want to really provide added value, figure out what your customer needs outside of what you do and get them connected to the right people in order to get that done. You will become their absolute hero, and at the same time, you are respecting God for giving you these customers. They are a gift from God to keep you moving in the right direction. Direct them. Direct them to right size solutions that fit their needs this be this could possibly mean going to your competitor. If you don't provide what they need, it's okay for you to say I don't have this or I can't provide you that. So it you know send them to where they can get that kind of that kind of solution. It's It's going to be better in the long run and you are respecting them as an individual that God has delivered to you. So if your calling is in business, uh, you can really literally worship God through the way you treat your customers, your employees, your vendors and your supervisors through respect, through investment and through direction. Imagine what life could be like as a business owner to go to work every day knowing that what you're performing on a daily basis provides you money, but it also provides worship back to God for the great gifts that He's provided to you. Next week, we are going to look at practical applications of God's work or God's Word in your work. And we're going to have this amazing interview with a wonderful 12-year-old and his mother and father of, of scaly adventures that are part of Boundless Limits Ministry. It is an amazing story of a program gone global almost overnight and some really fantastic wisdom in that interview when we talked to Pierce Tanya and Rick Curran of Scaly Adventures. Don't miss that next week. If you missed parts of this show or you need to catch back up, we want to have you come back to Facebook.com forward slash Holy Go to our website at HolyprophetsRadio.com. Drop me an email at Bradley at radio or HolyprophetsRadio.com. Again, Bradley at HolyprophetsRadio.com. And may God richly bless you and your business. Take care.